we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello and welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. We're your host, Tom Sequoia Kennedy. And I'm Willow Truman. Ah, uh, it's New Year's Day. It is. Just, just getting that out of there. Yeah. You and to me. Yeah. To everyone in the future who already experienced it. Yep. This is, that's just a preemptive apology. Yep. New Year's Day. I'm like, I've got the hungover sweats a little bit. Don't know if it's because I'm wearing too many layers. Yeah, we got into some trouble last night. Not really. Not really at all. Not, not really. I drank beer and listened to 80s rock and played chess. Is yeah. what I did for New Year's. It was great. I loved yep. it. Loved every second of it. Sat on a couch on shrooms for five hours. Hell yeah. Good time. Hell yeah. You, you won. That couch that, was my island. A great couch can be a friend. It can be so many things. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have already gone through New Year's two weeks ago. You don't want to hear about it. No. You probably don't want to hear about this either, but. I do. You're gonna. Today. It's a new year, but it's a revisit to an older topic. Yes, we are revisiting one of my favorite topics and subjects of research, the Monroe Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of want to talk, talk about why we're re- revisiting them and why we're going to re- revisit certain things in the future and why I need to explain that we're going to do this because we've already covered the Monroe Institute, right? Yeah. A few times. We Unlike- covered it in our Psychic Spy series and it was yes. also one of our first episodes. One of our very first episodes, we the f- episode five like, you don't have to go back and listen to that, especially that one. My computer was in the process of dying. <laughs> and there's like some glitches. Oh, the memories. Yeah. But like the long and short is that the Monroe Institute is an independent research group investigating the use of audio signals as a means of facilitating out-of-body experiences, broadly speaking. Mm. They're a central figure in the CIA, DIA psychic spy program and are still a source of speculation, confusion, and like egregiously shitty sensationalism and mystification across the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as I can tell, I don't know if anyone has put together like a cogent explanation of what the fuck it is they do over there that's suitable for like the lay person. And I'd like to remedy that. That's a bit of a stretch goal though. See, we've got like, we've got a, I was thinking about this. On, the, on our vacation, we've got a funny little format here at the Nonsense Bazaar, mm-hmm. right? Like after the last two or three months of just like sheer insanity and overwhelm in my personal life and with certain things in our pod life, I'm looking at you, Big Jerry. I've been thinking about how to set expectations for what we do. Like if we were a TV show, right? Like it'd be a kind of monster of the week type show. Yeah. Right. With a long term arc on top. Yes. You know, like, like the for- X-Files. Yes. Which is hilarious. The comparison between us and the X-Files is fucking hilarious to me because it like we fit the archetypal mold of the X-Files, maybe a bit dumber, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't think either of us have ever really watched it. No. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've tried. I know there are there. There's probably episodes that I would enjoy. It's just not my style. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, I don't very selective about TV shows. Uh huh. Yeah. It's just not my jam. It's funny that we kind of just fit that archetypal mold. Mm -hmm. But like, while many of our stories, our episodes are about stories we're trying to tell you, listening audience member, we're also trying to figure 
figure some shit out. And apart from the other clusterfuck, the plotline that keeps grabbing my attention is the Psychic Spy Monroe Institute UFO plotline. And we've already talked about the Monroe Institute twice, but in the interest of figuring out like just what the heck is going on, I don't want to say like, oh, we talked about it in episode five, mm-hmm. you know? No, we've come a long way since then. I've come a long way in my understanding of what is a Monroe and how to talk about it. <laughs> yes. Right? I wanted to do an episode about Bob Monroe and his accounts of his out-of-body experiences, but I decided to save that for later on down the pipe when I can actually read all three of his books, the Journeys trilogy. Yeah, good thinking. Yeah. Today, I would like to talk about the technology and techniques of the Monroe Institute in more detail than we have in the past. Sounds good to me. Yeah, as well as the scientific basis for some of the claims of the Institute, of which there is. But he had some really wiggity shit at the end too, though. Okay. Yeah. Right off the bat, I'm going to say that I am a fan of Bob Monroe, and uh, I get decent vibes from Skip Atwater, who ran the inst- the Army side of the Psychic Spy program and became head of the Monroe Institute afterwards. And like, while I can't say for certain whether I'm a fan of what the Institute is now, simply because I just don't exactly know, Yeah. Um, I think that the mythologizing and exaggeration of the Monroe Institute has done a disservice to one of the most interesting, unique, and even effective parapsychological research institu- institutions that have ever been yeah so you know how like celebrity fans have their own little names like Katy perry fans or like the katie cats or like sure Taylor swift has the swifties sure are, are you that... are you a monho <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah 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 yeah, yeah. call me a monho <laughs> that's the official um that's fandom name for, for monho bob monroe fans. yeah 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 hell yeah yeah so we're going to look at the techniques, look at the peer-reviewed studies to justify those techniques, see what the participants say, and do some demystifying. Then we're going to look at the real wacky shit, and it is fucking wacky. Oh, boy. So let's do what we do, pull a tarot card, and then learn about the power of sound. Excellent. It's going to be the four of discs. Okay. Four of pentacles. Power. Which is, in the Thoth deck, it shows... A top view of a castle, uh, the four watchtowers and a, and a moat, and it's kind of sun and Capricorn. Um, four of discs is like, it, it's a castle, right? It's a castle. It's the uh, protecting walls and protection of the moat. Uh, and, and there's power from within a castle, but like at a certain point, if you don't leave the castle, like, can you really be said to have any power from there? You know, it's, it's, kind, right. it's kind of confining protective but confining mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting actually I, uh, money 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 makes me think of money yeah yes <laughs> right on <laughs> <laughs> further i'd like to show you all a game i made up this game is called sounds of the studio 
can be played with any record, including this one. You may be surprised. Now, if you have a pair of headphones, you better get them out and get them cranked up, because they're really going to help you. All right, I get the actual part. In, oh, that's sick! Post. But yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's fucking sick. <laughs> I fucking love hot chip. All right. So, to recap, Bob Monroe was a radio producer, mm-hmm. aviation enthusiast, and generally fairly strange and hyper intelligent guy. He was uh, born on October thirtieth, nineteen fifteen, and died March seventeenth, nineteen ninety five. Um, reading about Bob's early life, he honestly kind of really reminds me of myself. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Very smart, yet idiosyncratic and stubborn. Uh-huh. Uh, sensitive, yet thrill-seeking and a fan of physical danger. Yeah. Sweet and a prick of misery, depending on what time of the day you caught him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and during his days as a rather successful radio show producer and radio station owner, Bob experimented with sleep learning and shit and started to develop a research and development wing of his company, Ram Enterprises, to study the effects of sound on the mind. Here he is talking about how he got into it in the first place. So I decided we would try something else. And being very professional in sound, we naturally began to think of some way to use sound as a new means of, a new direction for our company. And what we first came up with and started conducting and in our research and development the vision of our company was how to help people learn while they are asleep. Very interesting parable that all the way back in 1956 we started conducting studies how to do this. And the first problem was is how to get people to sleep. Because you can't take a subject and say, now go to sleep. You have to, and you do not want to give them uh, chemicals or drugs to go to sleep because that won't serve the purpose. So we began to use sound to help people to get to sleep. And that's how we first began to get into the technology of what we have since become. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, it like... I mean, why couldn't sound be used... In such a way, I mean, you know, I, it makes sense. I, I, I listen to pink noise to go to sleep. Yeah, or like rain, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it's like it's a pretty natural. Uh, I don't know. It's a pretty natural thing for someone in the fifties with a bunch of sound shit to uh, yeah to start doing, especially like it's also a very like nineteen fifties thing. I, I, yes. I feel. <laughs> so as. They're developing these uh, technologies for sleep learning and stuff. Uh, in 1958, uh, Bob had the sensation. Uh, he was uh, laying in bed and Bob had the sensation of a violent shaking feeling like racking his whole body. Yeah. yeah. He thought he was dying. And then he saw like this light come down from somewhere and hit him in the head. And he really thought he was dying. Then he floated out of his body and knew for sure he was dying. Yeah. Right. Like he says that while he was floating and disoriented, he like looked down and he saw his wife and he then he saw a man lying next to her and he thought, like, who the fuck is in bed with my wife? Yeah. And then he floated down to get a good look at the rapscallion, realized it was his own body. That's how he knew he was dead. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. He wasn't, though. But, like, over the course of six weeks, this happened nine more times and, like, shook Bob Monroe to his core because he's, like... Classic Obe. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he's talking to friends and stuff about, like, what what should I do? And they're like, I don't know. It's your, <laughs> it's your out-of-body experience, man. Yeah. You should go to an ashram in India and live there. He's like, I have a family and a company. I can't do that. And like, eh, I don't know. Uh, seems like you've experienced an initiatory... Yeah. ...thing of some kind. Yeah. Well, he being the type of feller that he was, Bob was just like, I guess I'll just have to figure this out on my own. Yeah. Right. And use like using the stuff he already knew. He was like, I wonder if I can make it happen. Make it happen with sound. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of that's the broad strokes of how Bob Monroe started Mm -hmm. experimenting with this stuff. He also wrote. um yeah, initially called the Monroe, Monroe Industries, Bob moved the operations to the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia in 1962. And by 1971, Bob Monroe published uh, the book Journeys Out of the Body, mm-hmm. the first in a trilogy, the Journeys trilogies with like Far Journeys and I forgot the title of the other one, but it's basically the documentation of his like travelogue through these out-of-body states yeah. and, and his own experiences with this. And it's like, I, I've started reading Journeys Out of the Body. It's a really interesting book. Um, oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Bob Monroe is just an interesting character. He has a different sort of personality than you normally get mm-hmm. with this type of stuff, which is like refreshing. Yeah. Um, and he has his own like unique viewpoint and terminology for things that- He seems um very human, if you know what I mean. Extremely human. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And- I don't want to get like talk too much about his life because I have like a bunch of biographies and stuff. Cause I'm really fascinated. Like who, who the fuck is this guy? And he seems like a, a real human with like yes. major personality flaws and major personality. Like what's the opposite of a flaw? Seems like he's really cool in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of a dickhead in others. Like a person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a person is. Yeah. Journeys out of the body is like I said, a travelogue sort of, uh, kind, not unlike, uh, C.W. Ledbetter's. You just read my mind. Yeah. Yeah. What was the name of Ledbetter's book? The, the Astral Plan. The Astral Plan. Yeah. yeah. His own astral travelogue. Uh, yeah. So Drains Out of the Body is Bob's own astral travelogue, it's developed, which, and it develops a sort of cosmology or at least a personal roadmap to the states beyond sleep. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get to that later. It's interesting to know. I found this. This is odd. A different story of Bob's first out-of-body experience shows up under the pseudonym Bob Rame in a little book from 1962 called Beyond Telepathy by our old friend Dr. Andrea Puhark. Oh. Allegedly compiled from Bob's notes given to Puhark by Monroe's wife when Bob ended up in the hospital for a heart condition for a while. According to Puhark's account, Bob's first OBE was the result of Bob huffing glue, seeing that shit got weird and huffing more glue. Now, (laughs) (laughs) that glue smells good. Now, I've I've read this account and like it does sure sound like Puff suffered a lot of fucking glue. (laughs) However, which I know I know. However, however, after the book was published, uh, Beyond Telepathy, Bob and his wife were really pissed and said that Puhark dramatically misinterpreted Bob's notes. Oh. And like, look, I can see it going both ways. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Bob huffed some glue. <laughs> uh-huh. 
but I'm damn sure Andrea Buhara cuffed some fucking glue and yeah. maybe had his own reality tunnel bleed through in his interpretations of Bob's handwritten notes. That's true. Someone was huffing some glue. I know that much at least. Everybody was it huffing glue. Might be a mix of the two. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. But there, there's, uh, you know, there's some other weirdness here too. So, like, we know that Puharik had been doing stuff for both the Army Intelligence and CIA at this point. He wrote uh, Beyond Telepathy, mm-hmm. right? And now he was also mostly known for his parapsychology stuff, right? Like, it's not, it's not really a connection to any CIA shit that Bob Monroe's out of body story shows up. As a, as a pseudonym in a Puharic book, right? Like, mm-hmm. but the Monroe Institute was founded in Faber, Virginia, forty five minutes from Washington D.C., and probably closer was, to Langley. I was going to say that Virginia is an interesting choice of location. It it is. It definitely is. Um, Bob says that he that there was nothing like cosmic or anything about um, his choice of uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. They initially moved to. Richmond, I believe. Just got good real estate. Well, no, because he he had lived in Virginia before, and he they were in um, I think Tennessee or something. They wanted to be closer to the ocean. Yeah. And like he even says, let me see if I can. Yeah, I gotta let me see if I can find this. And then, as life works out, we uh, decided to move to Virginia because we were much in the ownership and operation of radio stations by that time, and. We had a chance to buy a radio station in Richmond, and that was very specific. These are You can be very mystical about it, but I don't... It's fun to be mystical, but it's just plain point of fact. How did we get to Richmond? Uh, very simple. Uh, I, my childhood was spent in Lexington, Kentucky, over here, and I wanted to be closer to the ocean because I loved the ocean. So I drew a latitude line over east, and it ran through Richmond, Virginia. And I thought, well, it would be nice to have a radio station in Richmond. We had two already in North Carolina down here, and that would be close by. Well, uh, it would be, say, about two weeks after I drew that line on the map that went through Richmond, Virginia, that a broker called me and he says, Mr. Monroe, I have a radio station for sale in Richmond, Virginia. (laughs) And so that's how we got to Virginia. We bought the station closed down and moved all of our offices, including the research and development division, we moved it down to Richmond and set up a facility in Richmond, Virginia. And that's how we got to Virginia. It was nothing magical and mystical. And you could say, oh, look at what happened. You drew the line and then this magic took place. Uh, The interesting part was that I probably had asked this same broker some time back. Uh, to look around, and he had found this. It wasn't that the coincidence was only maybe in time, but he had known about this station beforehand and simply called the owner, and the owner finally says, yes, I'll sell it. So, I play that clip to illustrate something about Bob's, I guess, overall perspective. I like that he's not taking credit for making that happen. Right, that it wasn't faded or anything. And yes, even the, I, something that like does seem pretty coincidental. I do find that very refreshing. Yeah, me too. It, even to the point where he gets skeptical. He's just like, I probably told the broker at some point. Yeah. You know, like that. I think that says quite a lot, especially in this field, like the parapsychology mm-hmm. field. Like, I do feel like you have to be especially guarded against that type of shit. Yeah. Um, And I don't think that... The people at the Monroe Institute were like particularly successful 
at that, but like it's a hard game to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that they at least tried. Or the CIA set them up there. <laughs> you know. Uh, but the story of how intelligence got involved with Monroe is that from our Psychic Spy series, uh, Skip Atwater's mother saw an ad for the Monroe Institute and told her son it might be of interest to him since he was doing all that psychic spycraft. The fact that it happened to be in Virginia made it easy for Skip to take a, a low-stakes trip out there to investigate, right? Yep. So it's like, I don't know if I believe that. I really don't. I'm I'm unsure mm-hmm. if that's the actual origin story of intelligence's involvement with the Monroe Institute. Yeah. Regardless, here's uh, Skip Atwater talking about uh, meeting... Meeting Bob for the first time. Two or three experiences with him, I began to think in my own mind, I'm supposed to be asking him questions, childhood experiences. He kept asking me about my childhood experiences to tell him about my childhood experiences. And after sharing two or three experiences with him, I began to think in my own mind, I'm supposed to be asking him questions. I'm here on official business to find out about this hemisync process and whether it would be of benefit to remote viewers. And curiously enough, the conversation immediately turned and he said, well, let me tell you a little bit about this thing called hemisync. And he told me that it was a process of sound that created a rhythmic vibration that had the ability to alter brain waves. And that while people were under the influence of hemisync, that he could talk to them speak to them and they would report their experiences. That sounded very impressive to me. In my own mind I was thinking, oh that would probably be really good for remote viewing. So quite naively I said, well Mr. Monroe, tell me about how you can do that. And he said, well we'll just have to show you. And from there we went on into his laboratory and in his laboratory we met a receptionist and walked down a hallway where I saw a room with tape recorders and lights and switches in it and I thought oh I'd like to go in there I'm sort of a gadget kind of a guy and I thought I'd like to see what that was all about. Skip Atwater is such a funny fucker. He had a different idea and encouraged me to walk on down the hallway and turn into the next room. The next room simply had a strange bed that was built back into the wall and he told me to lay down in that bed and put on the headphones and I was like a little bit concerned because I was there as a military officer on an official mission and I wasn't about to do anything weird. But I asked him what kind of sounds he might play for me and he said very casually, oh, at first we'll play some music just to relax you. And that sounded interesting. So I sat on the bed and put the headphones on and then lay down. Well, the minute I laid down, the lights in the room went out and the door closed. Well, After that, the music went away and faded into the sounds of the ocean, surf sounds. And Bob and Roe came on my headphones and said, and here is the sound of surf, a symbol of the power of sound here at the Monroe Institute. And I thought, well, that's a commercial announcement, obviously, and I recognize that. And after a while, the surf sort of faded away, but left a kind of rushing or hissing sound and a slow droning sound, a wah-wah-wah droning sound in the background. And then I began to feel something. The bed began to rise up to the ceiling, and I thought, oh, this bed is special. It's just like when you get your oil changed in the gas station and they raise the car up in the air. He must be able to raise this bed up in the air in the same way. 
But this feeling of moving up into the air changed. And I began to sense lateral movement, a movement sideways. It was that same kind of body sensation of movement. And accompanying this movement was a visual perspective of huge boulders or crystals passing by me as, I, as though I was moving through a passageway of some kind. But I had a rather silly thought. I thought, I must be inside of a flavor straw. I remember as a kid, you could <laughs> drink water or milk through a straw and it would flavor it with sugar crystals. And I had this silly notion that I was inside of a flavor straw. And Bob Monroe's voice came over my earphones and said, well, what's happening? And I said, well, I seem to be going someplace. And he said, well, where are you going, kid? And I said, I don't know. This is your place. I don't know where I'm going. After a period of time, I came to what I assumed was the end of this passageway or this flavor straw in my thinking. <laughs> and I began to poke my head out of the end of the flavor straw and my entire perspective changed and I was in a boundless, open, white space. And it was very meaningful, like, wherever you go, there you are. Which sounds stupid, I know, but at the time, in this state of consciousness, it was, I've come all of this way to find out I'm already here. And this revelation must have led to some sort of an utterance or, oh, ah, because immediately Mr. Monroe's voice was in my headphones saying, well, what happened? And I had forgotten all about Mr. Monroe. I was so involved in this journey that I'd forgotten all about him. And in my embarrassment, in my frustration, I just said, oh, well, I'll just have to tell you about this later. This is, well, he left me in this white space for I don't know how long, some length of time. I think something must have happened to me there, but I can't remember what it was. The next thing I remember him saying was, it's time for lunch. I had no idea what lunch was. <laughs> Wherever I was in this white space, they don't do lunch there. It didn't make much sense, but that didn't seem to matter because he changed the sounds I was listening to. And before I knew it, he came through the door and the lights were on and I sat up in bed and I was like, what in the world has happened? And I took my headphones off and I leaned down to look under the bed and he said, what, did you drop your wallet down there or something? And I said, no, I have my wallet, it's okay. Well, he was encouraging me to get outside and get out in the sunlight and sort of get grounded, get back to earth as it were. And then we went on up to lunch. And sitting at lunch, we ordered our meals and I very innocently turned to him and said, well, Mr. Monroe, when you raised the bed up, and he looked at me and said, I didn't raise the bed up. And I was thinking about that and trying to figure out, well, what, what had happened? And then I, slowly I realized and said, oh. And then I got very excited. Secretly in the back of my mind, I thought, boy, this would really be good for the remote viewers. But to him I said, what is the power in those sounds? How did those sounds make that happen? And he kept backing away and he said, no, the sounds didn't make that happen. That was your experience. The sounds only put you in a state of consciousness that we call body asleep, mind awake. 
And what you did in that state of consciousness was up to you. So fascinating. Yeah. I didn't know what lunch was. Yeah. Now, and, and that, that end there, or, or Bob Monroe tells him, like, no, the sounds didn't do that. You did that. Yeah. He, Bob, in, in, uh, in another interview, um, this very long, um, like almost two-hour interview with him on, on YouTube, that's he's, he, in explaining why Hemisync, which is the name for their technology, mm. why, uh, why it rules, um, he says, be, well, because unlike drugs and such, it's not doing anything to you. It's allowing you to to do something. It's, right. it's helping you. And that right. is really key. Uh, and I think something that people don't get mm-hmm. about um, Hemisync. And I also like, it, that's pretty fucking important to keep in mind, actually. It's the claims aren't that you play these sounds and it is like a psychedelic trip. Mm-hmm. The claims are that this is a way to facilitate. Yeah. And I think when you keep that in mind, it becomes a lot less out there. Right. Yeah. So for more on the story of Skip Atwater and such, uh, go back and listen to our three-parter on America's Psychic Spies and learn about some of the most, most colorful American characters who have ever been, especially motherfucking Major General Albert Stubblebean. Yes. My favorite American. General Spoonbender, they called him. Yep. Talking to salamanders, trying to walk through walls. I love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so many people, most people have seen that document that gets passed around literally every six months. I said this, I've said this previously, and it still holds true that CIA gateway, pro- pro- gateway program. Project Gateway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like All over Reddit every few weeks. Yeah, dude. There's another wave of videos going around right now, like like there was six months ago and six months before that and six months before that. This wave is all about how the CIA proved manifesting. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, we're just getting dumber. That's one way to put it, I guess. Day by fucking day, we're just getting dumber. Yeah. I mean, like, also they kind of did it, whatever. It, but it's just also so fucking dumb. Anyway, this this document was written by Skip Atwater after his visits to the Monroe Institute, and there's a lot of really hard to parse cosmological uh, mumbo jumbo and theorizing in there. And like, we're not going to talk about that document. It's been done to death, and it's actually not really that helpful to, uh, in understanding what they're doing. Uh huh. Um, or at least it's absolutely not the first thing one should know about the Monroe Institute. Yeah. It'll fuck up your perception and expectations of what it is and what they do. And I was guilty of that also. Like, I read that thing. I was like, what the fuck? Like, let me check this shit out. But the program that they're known for and for which that document referenced is called the Gateway Experience. Uh, and the Gateway Experience is an in-person, multi-day program in which you use headphones and patented hemi-sync audio technology to synchronize the hemispheres of your brain and allow you to hypnotize yourself into achieving deeper and deeper Deeper and more. I just almost started hypnotizing the audience for some. Deeper and deeper. Deeper. Into achieving deeper and more transcendental states of awareness or consciousness. Yep. And that's the key word here. Again, allow, not cause, not induce. So the Gateway Experience is an in-person thing where you can purchase or otherwise acquire the Gateway Experience recordings. And what it is, is it's layered sound, Bob Monroe's mellifluous hypnotic inductions, and it purports to guide you through deeper and deeper exercises it's guided meditation that's been huffing andrea puhark's glue is what it is what it is yes yeah 
Um, and from what I can tell, there's a couple different types of audio technology happening in there. Uh, the first is binaural beats. Let's talk about binaural beats. Yeah. First, let's talk about brainwaves. <laughs> brainwaves are the electrical pulses. Willow, do you do you know what a brainwave is? Electrical pulses. God damn it. <laughs> I'm trying to bring you in more. I feel like I'm doing all the talking. Yeah. Trying to be more conversational. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know what brainwaves are. You know, you got a few different states that you could be in. I feel like we spend most of our time in the beta state. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. We're in the beta state right now. Yep. Well, brainwaves are, yeah, they're electrical pulses that occur throughout cognition. And I have to stress, they're real. Brainwaves are real. Real as fuck. Scientifically studied. Documented. Real ass thing. Yep. It's just a thing. They're generated essentially when neurons fire in synchronized patterns. And they're linked with just about everything the brain do. There's five ranges of brainwaves that occur all throughout a human being's day to day. Yeah. They're, they're interesting. So delta waves are the slowest, right? From under one hertz, one oscillation per second to around four hertz. Delta waves are most associated with deep sleep. Whoa, whoa, you know, something like yes. that. Yes. Theta waves from roughly four to eight hertz is associated with deep meditation, trances, and hypnagogia. Yeah. Right? At eight to 12 hertz, we get into alpha waves, relaxation, rest and digest mode, light meditation, receptivity, visualization is an alpha state, daydreaming. Mm. That's alpha. Yeah. From 12 to 38, we have beta waves. Uh, beta waves are our normal walking around doing stuff consciousness. Yeah. Right. There's a few subsets of beta waves like low beta and high beta, which is also known as low gamma. And here's here's an interesting thing. So investigations of reward feedback uh, have revealed two distinct beta components, a high beta, low gamma component and a low beta component. So that'd be at like around the 12 hertz range versus the 38 hertz range. Right. Like, OK, in association with unexpected gains. The high beta component is more profound when receiving an unexpected outcome with a low with a low probability. Interesting. However, the low beta component is said to be related to the emission of gains when gains are expected. So when you think you're about to get a bag of money or something and you don't get it, it puts you into a low beta state. Yeah. When you surprise someone with a bag of money, it puts them into a high beta state. Yeah. And that, that's just, it's very interesting to me. It is. Um. And from 38 hertz onwards and upwards, we have gamma waves. Gamma waves are fucking fascinating. Mm, I don't know anything. Yeah, I've, I've misdescribed them. About anything. What's that? I don't know anything. You don't know anything about anything? Anything. You know some things. <laughs> you know a couple things. Yeah. yeah. Tell me what one thing you know. You got you got something you know. <laughs> Brain waves are electric <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. What's the gamma? A gamma, so gamma waves are associated with large scale brain activity. Okay. Um, sort of linking systems together. Ah, uh, right? big brain stuff. Yeah, they're associated with perception, attention, memory formation, and have been suggested to be key to unraveling the so called binding problem. Ah. Uh. That is, how do all of our perceptions come together to form one coherent experience and identity? Mm. Do they, though? I'm not so sure. Yeah. I'm not so sure. It might. It might be an illusory problem. An altered gamma wave activity has been observed in relation to mood disorders, schizophrenia, Alzheimer's, and other diseases and disorders. Uh, gamma waves are important and weird and unique, and we'll, we'll get back to them. Okay. Um, I'm very interested. Yeah. Yeah, me too. 
So back to the gateway and binaural beats. So binaural means two ears, right? Yep. That's what the word means. And what it do is you get your ass some headphones and you play two different tones, one in each ear. The difference between the hertz of the tones is the brainwave frequency you're trying to hit. Mm-hmm. For example, if we were trying to hit Andrea Puhark's magic eight hertz frequency, yeah, we could play one tone in the left ear at 100 hertz and one tone in the right ear at 108 hertz yeah, uh, or 100 hertz and 92 hertz. As long as the difference is eight hertz, the brain will create a phantom illusory rhythm at that rate, at the rate that the two tones differ by. So when you listen to it, it does a, a wub, wub, wub that isn't actually there, but your auditory processing system picks up. And binaural beats have, have been studied as a way to entrain the brain. A huge amount of studies have been done that do indeed show that binaural beats can have an effect on entraining brainwaves. However, it seems like it's not actually the binaural part that's doing it. See, apart from a couple of specific applications, monaural or one-ear beats, aka isochronic tones, are actually way more effective than binaural beats at in getting the brain to sync up to the signal. Mm-hmm. So straight up the wub wub listening to it is more effective yeah. for most states. There's a, a key thing is like there's a theta state that binaural beats are actually better for, I believe. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and brains do tend to sync up their dominant brainwave patterns in response to external stimuli. In a paper published in the journal uh, Advances in Cognitive Psychology from the Herson Centrum Mental Health Institute in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, researchers show that you can absolutely entrain brainwaves with external stimuli. And further studies have shown that both monaural and binaural beats can be used to alleviate anxiety, depression, etc., etc. And so that's the point. You can put signal into the brain and coax it to adopt the specific dominant state that you want. Yeah. It's just the signal, right? Now, there have been studies that show that binaural beats are better than monaural beats for reaching uh, the theta state, and that is really the one we're interested in here for our Monroe talk. Theta is deep meditation, deep trance, uh, groovy brainwave state, right? And this is just my personal hunch, but there does seem to be something special about focusing on an illusory sound. Yeah. Rather than an external sound when you're trying to blast off into the ether, right? Yes. I, I was trying to figure out a good way to write that, but I couldn't. It just feels right. Yeah, now, it does. Which is entirely unscientific and and shit, but it's how I feel. As far as I know, there haven't been any studies about intent and the enhancing of the subject's capability to journey deep on their own, you know, just kind of the nature of scientific studies. Mm -hmm. However, this is straight up wild. The Monroe Institute's hemisync specifically has been studied as a fucking painkiller. That makes sense. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. It makes sense to you, though. See, I have a hard time. I have a hard time with that one. Hmm. Although, oh yeah, I guess it's disassociation. Yeah. Yeah. A paper in the journal Anesthesia and Analgesia from 2007 found in a double-blind placebo-controlled study that patients who listened to patented hemisync audio technology while undergoing bariatric surgery required one third less fentanyl than those who listened to a blank tape. Which is. That's, I mean, that's... That's a big chunk. Yeah. There was a one surgery that it was not effective for. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if there's been any other studies on that. Do you the, remember what surgery it was? Uh, fuck. I don't. Mm. I think it had to do with bones. Ah. Uh. Where bariatric surgery is like uh, weight loss surgery, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the point is brainwave states do things. Yeah. Yeah. And you can use monaural and binaural beats to help induce those brainwave states. Except for one. 
<laughs> the brainwave state that's super important, really weird, and super unique. You can't use binaural beats to achieve a gamma state. Mm. Yeah, which is... You got to do that on your own. Well, so at least that's according to a paper written by Skip Atwater uh, during his time as as head of the Monroe Institute. Uh, in this paper, he's explaining a brand spanking ass new type of hemisync technology called spatial angle modulation, spatial angle modulation, or SAM. And in this paper, Skip Outwater says that, like, well, one of the big problems with binaural beats is that you can't use them to achieve gamma states. And I was like, so that's why all the binaural beats apps like don't have gamma on there. Like, it, yeah. it made sense. Like. And especially since it's so weird and shit, but I don't know why it was just kind of an offhand thing because it, it was like an internal research paper. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of assumed that the people reading it already had knowledge and shit. But the SAM shit, the spatial angle modulation, this shit is fucking crazy. Ooh. Um, and I'm going to nerd out a bit on this because I think it's okay. really cool. Based off the name, what do you think this spatial angle nonsense do? Changes the direction that the sound is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going in, perhaps, or like the changes the direction of the wave itself. It you you were right on with the first one. It changes the perceived direction of the of the sound. It's panning yeah. it, right? It doesn't require headphones, but can be used with headphones. And what it does is it flicks the sound signal back and forth across the left and right channels faster than your brain can pick up on. Oh, yeah, creating Neat. creating another illusory rhythm based on the Doppler effect. Yeah. And this method can be used to induce gamma wave states. What's more, by modulating where relative to the subject, the modulation is occurring, that is right in front, uh, in the back, or on either side of the subject's head, you can use SAM to target gamma wave spiking in specific regions of the brain. Wow. Yeah. Not hyper-specific, but, you know, the stuff in the front, the stuff in the back, the stuff on either side, right? Like the main four quadrants. That's fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) And that's fucked up. Further, there's this very real, very science thing called theta-gamma synchronization. Mm. That's when the large... And if we remember... I mean, I shouldn't bring this up yet. Our friend Harley had a lot to say about theta and gamma shit. You know what? He did. He fucking did. Yeah. And he sounded absolutely crazy while he was saying it. Because he didn't understand what he was saying, but he heard those words somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I started looking at this. Yeah. It's a, okay. So theta gamma synchronization is when the large scale electrical storms of gamma waves are modulated by lower theta waves. Anyone who knows synthesizers will immediately understand what, the fuck, <laughs> what yeah. I'm talking about. It might be harder for other people. Scientists think that this probably has to do with getting different regions of the brain to talk to each other. So a slower wave modulating the frequency of the gamma of the gamma wave that's kind of getting brain regions to talk to each other and shit and convey different messages yeah um i fucked up again though it doesn't get specific regions of the brain to talk to one another theta gamma sync like all this brainwave stuff seems to seems to be associated with different regions of the brain talking to each other yeah again a very important thing why does that matter because when people look at the gateway experience when they first heard about binaural beats remember digital drugs how binaural beats refer to as digital drugs. Yeah. And when people get scared of mind control weapons, they're missing something super important. And it's the thing that Bob Monroe stressed over and over and over again. The signals aren't doing anything to you. The signals are like hypnosis, providing a framework, training wheels that make it easier for you to do the thing to yourself. Yeah. 
And that is so, so fucking important that I'm going to keep saying it, especially when we start talking about the more wiggity shit the Monroe Institute got up to. We're getting there, don't worry. As well as our favorite topic, mind control. External signals make it easier to go to a place, but they don't slap you down in there. They coax you. And once you're there, it's up to you. Like hypnosis, you have to consent. But consent is a tricky thing in this context. You know how in vampire myths and shit, people have to invite the vampire into their home and the vampire is always trying to trick the potential victim into letting them into their house? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You can consent without consenting. Uh Uh-huh. Right? And that's where the other technology of mind control comes in. Language. That's topic for another day. The point is point here is that Bob Monroe isn't mind controlling your ass, right? No. The language is also a technology used. On the edition of the Gateway Tapes I have, it's Bob Monroe's silky smooth voice using hypnotic language patterns to further coax you into different states, different levels. So the arc of the Gateway experience takes you from essentially light meditation to purportedly surfing with the alien across the intergalactic superhighway. Yeah. That's focus 10 to focus 21, respectively, in Bob Monroe's nomenclature. And right here, this is where it stops being necessarily scientific and starts becoming parapsychological. Mm-hmm. But it's fucking interesting. The focus levels in the gateway experience are as follows. Focus 10, mind awake, body asleep. Focus 12, the state of expanded awareness. Focus 15, the place outside of time. Focus 21, a bridge to other realities. But there's a lot more levels than that. Oh, yeah. Have you ever read about the other levels? No. We're about to. Oh, good. Yes. They go from focus 10 to focus 49. Oh, and like there's one all the way in between? No. No. They skip around? They skip around a lot. I don't know. Why? I don't know. What's in between? It's the one thing I do not understand about Bob's levels. (laughs) Like it goes, okay, from focus 21 is on the very edge of perception of the space-time continuum. Mind remains fully conscious and active, the bridge to other realities. And focus 22 is on the border between time and space and non-physical states of being, comatose. Focus 23, the condition in which an individual may find him him or herself immediately following physical death, the territory of new arrivals. Oh, cool. Yeah. Then it goes on to focus 27, the edge of human thought capacity, the site of a way station, not a terminus, for rest and recovery from the trauma of physical death, for reviewing life events, and for planning the next phase of life. Then it goes to focus 34. Yeah. I don't know why. That's the area of the gathering. Oh. Beings beings from many other locations within the physical universe are gathered here to witness the upcoming earth changes. I got to go to the gathering. <laughs> First mentioned in Bob Monroe's second book, Far Journeys. Gathering of the Juggalos. The space Juggalos. Gathering, the gathering of the goddamn space Juggalos. Yeah. So from there, it goes up to Focus 42. Yeah. Described as, I there... Cluster consciousness. Okay. And then to 49. Sea of I there clusters. Yeah. Don't know what that means. Is it like, how is there spelt? T-H-E-R-E. Oh. Yeah. It's I dash there. Okay. Don't know what that means. I could make a couple guesses, but it would require me to think harder than I'm willing to. Yeah. Or maybe the trick is to not think so hard at all. Yeah. But yeah, so... um. We're in the wiggity now for sure. Uh, yeah. We're in the sea of I there clusters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, because this Monroe motherfucker didn't just get to intense meditation and go, oh, isn't the brain weird? Nah, fuck all that. We can go further. 
Take it even further. (laughs) And further they did. And Bob details these explorations in his books, The Journeys Trilogy. And out there surfing on the interstellar highway, many at the Monroe Institute, including Bob, made contact with other things. Other things, you say? Other things. And there's a whole side of the whole psychic spy saga that we haven't covered yet. And one part of that side is Bob Monroe overseeing Joe McMonagall in a hemisync-induced remote viewing session of... Mars. Oh my god. In the year 1 million BC. <laughs> oh. That's a long time ago. Yes. Yes, yes. That's a really long time ago. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. What we're not going to get into today is Louche. We're not talking about the goddamn Louche. No. Nope. Why? Because it's got it's a fucking metaphor. It's a fucking metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. Um that is a dream voyage version of version of not the truth, but a truth that Bob Monroe experienced. Long and short of it, one of the books, Bob wrote a vision, about a vision of alien gods growing people as a source of emotional energy called Louche formed at the climactic and abyssal periods of people's lives without knowing how seriously Bob took this or if he knew it was a metaphor. It's one of those fucking things that gets posted all over the dumbest places on Reddit. You know the ones. Escaping prison planet. Escaping prison planet. Saturn, Saturn storm. storm cube. Yeah. <laughs> Occult conspiracy. Ugh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that one scares me. But yeah, it's not a new idea. It's continuously taken way too literally. And if anything, it's part of Bob's story whenever we do that. This is about the documented weird shit. So do you want to do Civilizations on Mars first or the entity Miranon? Uh, Civs on Mars is us doing a radio play. Miranon is clip-based. Civs on Mars. All right. All right. Do you want to be Bob Monroe or do you want to be Joe McMonagall? I want to be Joe. You want to be Joe? All right. So, so this is, okay, this is a declassified bit from the Stargate CIA remote viewing files. This is May 1984, Joe McMonagall, remote viewer 001, who did all the, a lot of the crazy shit. He had been training with Bob Monroe at the Monroe Institute in Virginia for 14 months. One day, Skip Atwater, McMonagall's commanding officer and the dude we heard from earlier, came in to test if Joe's skills had gotten any better. He would do this periodically. So they did a session with Bob Monroe, who at this point had acquired a security clearance, administering the session. Bob was given an index card in a sealed envelope, right, Uh, which he did not open until after the session, meaning Bob did not know what the target was either. Uh, And this target was meant as a kind of lighthearted fun game or whatever that skip would we already heard skips a good good time kind of guy you know yes he likes gadgets too uh, <laughs> you do, do these funny jokes sometimes just as a way to yeah he liked his flavor straws he loved his flavor straws so the target was meant as a lighthearted kind of fun game or whatever as we know these guys are having a fucking blast the card read the planet mars one million bc <laughs> Bob was then given an unsealed list of coordinates referring to locations on Mars. Bob didn't know he was supposed Joe was looking at Mars, right? He yeah. only knew the coordinates. Yeah. So okay, I'm an, I'm B, I'm Bob Monroe. All right. Now using the information in the envelope I've provided exclusively focusing your attention now. Using the information in the envelope, focus on 40.89 degrees north, 9.55 degrees west. I want to say it looks like, uh, I don't know, it sort of looks, uh, I kind of got an oblique view of a uh, pyramid or pyramid form. 
It's very high. It's kind of sitting in a large depressed area. All right. It's yellowish, uh, okra colored. All right. Move in time to the time indicated in the envelope I've provided you and describe what's happening. I'm tracking severe, severe clouds, uh, more like dust storm. Uh, it's geologic problem. It seems to be like a... Just a minute. I've got to iron this out. It's really weird. Just report your raw perceptions at this time. You're still early in the session. Uh, okay. I'm looking at, at an after effect of a major geologic problem. Okay. Go back to the time before the geologic problem. Mm. Total difference. It's uh, before there's a... I don't know. Hell. It's like mountains of dirt appear and then disappear when you go before. See uh, large flat surfaces, very smooth angles, walls. They're really large, though. I mean, they're megalithic. Uh, All right. At this period in time, now before the geologic activity, look around in and around this area and see if you find any activity. I'm seeing, um, it's like a perception of a shadow of people, very tall, thin. It's only a shadow. It's as if they were there and they're not, not there anymore. Go back to a period of time where they're there. Um, It's like I get a lot of static on a line and everything. It's all breaking up all the time, very fragmented pieces. Just report the raw data. Don't try to put things together. Just report the raw data. I just keep seeing very large people. They appear tall and thin, but they're very large, uh, wearing some kind of strange clothes. All right. Now, holding in, in this time period, holding in this time period, I want to move from your physical location in space to another physical location, but in this time period. Move now to 46.45 north, 353.22 east. Move in this time to 46.45 north, 353.22 east. Mm. Deep inside of a cavern. Mm. No, not a cavern. More like canyon. Um, I'm looking up, up the sides of a steep wall that seems to go on forever. And there's like a structured with a, it's like, it's like the wall of the canyon itself has been carved. Again, I'm getting very large structures. No, uh, no intricacies. Huge sections of smooth stone. Do the structures have insides and outsides? Yes, they're very, it's. It's like a rabbit warren, uh, corners of rooms. They're really huge. I don't, I feel like I'm standing in one. It's just really huge. The, my perception is that the ceiling is very high, walls very wide. Real time plus 22 minutes. Yes, that would be correct. All right. I'd like to move now to another location nearby. All right. Move from this point, move from this point in this time to 45.86 north, 354.1 east. Okay, they have, uh, appears to be the end of a very large road. There's a marker thing that's very large. Uh, keep getting Washington Monument overlay. It's like an obelisk. All right. From this point, then, let us move to another point. Move now to 
235.26 north, 213.24 east. Move in this time to 35.26 north, 213.24 east. It's like I'm in the middle of a huge circular basin of the range mountains by almost all the way around. Very ragged, ragged mountains, very tall. Basins, very, very, very large. Scale seems to be off or something. It's just really big. Everything's big. I understand the problem. Just continue. See, just a right angle corner to something, but that's all. I don't see anything else. Okay, then let's move into a little different place. Very close. Move from the point you are now, in this time, to 34.6 north, 213.09 east. Move now in this time to 34.6 north, 213.09 east. Cluster of squares up and down. Um, It's like you want to make them square anyway. They're almost flush with the ground, and it's like they're connected. Something very white or reflects light. What's your position of observation as you look at this thing that reflects light? It's a mid-oblique uh, left angle. Sun is a... Sun is weird. (laughs) Look back down at the ground now, and we're going to move just a little bit from this place. Just a little bit from this place. 34.57 north to 12.22 east. Very close by. Now move over to 34.57 north to 12.22 east. The Bob voice is fun. Bob hypnotic voice is fun. It's like I can just perceive uh, uh, like a radiating pattern of some kind it's like some really strange intersection intersecting kind of roads that are dug into valleys you know where a road is just a little bit below the edge tell me about the shapes of these things they're like real neat channels out they're very deep it's like the road went down okay now i have i notice electrically you're nulled out a little bit and i want you to stay deep and recapture your focus here It's really tough. It seems like it's just always very sporadic. I realize that. It's very important that you maintain your focus. I have a movement exercise again for you, and this is some considerable distance away. So holding the focus in time, remember the focus in time that you had before, and moving now to 15 degrees north, 198 degrees east. Take some time and get back deep. See, the um, intersecting... uh... Whatever these are, uh, aqueduct-type things, these uh, rounded bottom-carved channels like roadbeds. She pointed tops of something on the horizon. Even the horizon looks funny and weird. It's, It's like a different, misty. It's really far away, very vague. Okay, another movement now to 80 degrees south, 80 degrees south, 64 degrees east, 64 degrees east. Move now in this time to 80 degrees south, 64 64 degrees east. See pyramids. (laughs) Can't tell if it's an overlay or because they're different. Okay, do these pyramids have insides and outsides? Uh Uh-huh. Got both, and they're huge. It's really uh, an interesting perception I'm getting. I think that he's losing his ability to move accurately, but he is attracted to things that are interesting. So we're going to go with his own... We're going to let him go ahead and explore what seems to be interesting to him rather than move on to the targets indicated here. It's filtered from storms or something. 
Say that again, subject. They're like shelters from storms. These structures you're seeing? Yes, they're designed for that. All right, go inside one of these and find some activity to tell me about. Plus 37 minutes, real time. Different chambers, um, but they're almost stripped of any kind of uh, furnishings or anything. It's like a strictly functional place for sleeping or, that's not a good word, hibernations, some form, I can't. <laughs> I, I get real weird, raw... I get real raw inputs, uh, storms, savage storm, sleeping through storms. Tell me about the ones who sleep through the storms. Very tall, again, very large people, but they're thin. They look thin because of their height, uh, but they dress like in, oh hell, um, it's like a real light silk, but it's not a flowing type clothing. It's like cut to fit. Move close to one of them and ask them to tell you about themselves. They're ancient people. They're, uh, they're dying. It's past their time or age. Tell me about this. They're very philosophic about it. They're looking for a way to survive and they just can't. Plus 40 minutes, definite voltage reversal. Can't seem to get their way out. They can't seem to find their way out. So they're hanging on while they look or wait for something to return or... Something coming with an answer. What is it they're waiting for? Uh, there uh, evidently was uh, a group or a party of them that went to find a new place to live. It's like I'm getting all kinds of overwhelming input of the corruption of their environment. It's failing very rapidly and this group went somewhere like a long way to find another place to live. What was the cause of the atmospheric disturbance or the environment disturbance? I see a picture of, um, a picture of like, a, well, it's almost like a warp in a, God, this is difficult. It's like going, let's see. The raw data? Ah, I get a globe. Uh, it's like a globe that goes through a comet's tail or, uh, it's like through a river or something, but it's all very cosmic. It's like space pictures. <laughs> All right, now before you leave this individual, ask him if there is any way that you, ask him if he knows who you are, and is there any way you can help him in his present predicament? All I get is they must just wait. Doesn't know who I am. Thinks, uh, he perceives I'm a hallucination or something. Okay, when the others left, these people are waiting. When the others left, how did they go? I get an impression of a, I don't know what the hell it is. It looks like the inside of a larger boat. Very rounded walls and shiny metal. Go along with them on their journey and find out where it is they go. Impression of a really crazy place with volcanoes and gas pockets and strange plants. Very volatile place. It's very much like going from the frying pan into the fire. Difference is there seems to be a lot of vegetation while the other place did not have it. Different kind of storm. All right, it's time to come back now to the sound of my voice and to present time to write back now the 22nd of May, 1984, the sound of my voice. Move now back to the room, back to the sound of my voice, back further now to the sound of my voice on the 22nd of May, 1984. Yeah. End of interview. Whoa. Right? <laughs> Did we just read about the, like, the giant Nephilim on, like, Mars coming to Or the Lemurians? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. That Whoa. is from the declassified CIA shit. Very biblical. Very strange, right? What's 
I love it. Weird is, again, this is not a hoax, right? That was a transcript of a session that happened. Now, what that means, up to anyone. It's anyone's guess. But we do know, and we have to just trust him on this, is that Bob Monroe did not know he was telling him to remote view Mars. No. Joe McMonagall did not know he was remote viewing Mars. No. Right? It but sounds a yet, lot like they came to Earth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the time of the dinosaurs were not, yeah. You know, strange vegetation, af- yeah. volcanoes. Far after the dinosaurs, actually. One million BC. But, yeah. And you know what that location was? You're going to fucking hate this. <laughs> the face on Mars. Ah! That's the coordinates of the face on Mars. Oh, my God. Yep. So... And I love the descriptions of like the monoliths, the obelisks, how white and clean, yeah. vast and big everything is. Yeah. Yeah. Real sci-fi shit. So sci-fi. Reminds me so much of the show Raised by Wolves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen that, but like it, I've heard of it and I've seen some of the aesthetics. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was thinking like. I wonder if Skip Atwater had like I don't know when Richard Hoagland was doing the face on Mars bit. Do you do you know what what year he started doing that bit? No. If it was before 1984, I do wonder if it if it's possible that say Skip Atwater was reading about you know a hypothetical Martian civilization or reading something, and somehow that like that psychic impression got put into the index card. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that maybe McMonagall wasn't actually remote viewing Mars, but remote viewing the Skip Atwater's imagination. Uh-huh. Do you, that that seems to me to be more likely. Right. Because there's also that idea of there being like the pyramid structures in that region too. Right. Exactly. And there's a video of Joe McMonagall um, in the 2000s, like mid 2000s, like giving a talk about this with a slideshow, like showing like, that's the pyramids I looked at. <laughs> That's the fact that that's what I saw. And I mean, he's like, he's like very matter of fact about mm-hmm. it. He's a very like, you know, bull necked man's man guy, you know? Yeah. Um, really interesting. Don't know what the hell's going on there, but fucking fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting as fuck. Let's get weirder. Oh, it gets weirder than that. It fucking gets weirder. It gets, it gets a lot weirder. Miranon. So... There is a series of Monroe Institute tapes called the Explorer Tapes, which you can find on archive.org. There's like 33 uh, individual hour-long recordings of exploration sessions in which Bob was guiding subjects to go pretty fucking far. And in some of these sessions, apparently channeled entities started coming through. It's really weird. There's this one entity called Miranon, which we mentioned in the Psyche Spy series briefly, the Lake at the Monroe Institute is named Lake Miranon because it apparently fucking lives in the lake now. And it's first encountered through this woman, Liana, referred to in the code name, uh, in the Explorer tapes by the code name S-H-E, she. Like, Jesus Christ, Bob. She- like, you guys are all going insane over there. Like, they're, they're <laughs> losing their fucking mind. Um, We're having fun doing it. They're having a blast. <laughs> they're having such a great time. The first thing Miranon says is that, uh, through Liana, it's that it's here to help Liana doing har- help Liana stop doing harmful things to herself. Things specifically that fuck with her leg. Apparently, Lady has problems with her leg, and she needs to stop smoking cigarettes. Well, that's nice. Yeah, Miranon, thank uh, you. Also, Liana needs to do the meditations that Miranon gave her, but she won't. <laughs> uh, Liana, listen to Miranon. Miranon is your friend. 
Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but then this thing gets odd. It says it's from like level 46, uh, a place of pure energy. Let me pull up these tapes. Again, there's oh boy, 33 hours of this crazy shit on archive.org. And again, this is like not, this is not like someone on YouTube trying to con you of your money. Yeah. This is like a poorly recorded thing that happened between a couple of people that know each other, right? And yeah. then we're like, okay, yeah, the Monroe Institute did sell them. Actually, I want to mention that for a fucking second. Everyone calls the Monroe Institute fucking snake oil salesman because they charge money for things. Fucking sorry. That's You just gotta live. Yeah. And like the gateway experience, it's like two grand to go and do it. But like, do you know how expensive fucking uh like recording per DAWs, right? Like digital audio workstations, recording programs that aren't Reaper. They're wicked fucking expensive. Why? It's a niche market. There's only so many people that are gonna buy it. Yeah. Right? You've got this giant estate in Virginia. And you've got maybe like a couple hundred people that are going to uh, come and do your thing. Right. Yeah. It's a couple grand. Like, that's just, that's, that's. You economics. know what? It's a priceless experience. I mean, you know, people say it's great. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I don't think it's my crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, I kind of would like to just go see. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. Join our Patreon. our own city. We go report from the inside. All right. So. This is from Tape 5, Introduction to Miranon. And here's another tape track recording from our Explorer Pathfinder file. In this case, our Explorer's identification is simply S-H-E. And she has provided it, one Bob. of the most interesting and profound explorations that we've encountered. I have been in many places. Time does not exist for me. Ooh, creepy. Did you, at one time, exist in this physical Earth level? At one time, I was a part of Liana. Was that in the physical matter existence here? Yes. Was that in a civilization or culture that we are unaware of? physical life here? I have gone through all of your times. We were together. We were very close. In Laboria. God damn it. (laughs) Then we were separated. It is only when I arrived at level 46 and was told that I needed to gather back together the parts of myself that had been separated. Weird. Yeah, very. We're going to skip ahead a bit. And like, I don't know how to really tell a story around the clips I picked out. You're just going to have to roll with it and just. Except that we're showing you some weird shit, and that's about (laughs) the best I got. A level, then, of multiple identities that are not as we can understand as a single conscious self. Is that right? I'm sorry. I was distracted. I had to check with Liana. Would you say that again? Is Liana all right? Is she is she comfortable? 
Is Liana comfortable? There are some distractions. Do inform me if you feel that she should return. I will. We do need your help. You can help us greatly by visiting us just as you do now. Help us understand more accurately such levels of pure energy and those in between. I will try. All of us here will be deeply, deeply grateful. So, first, does this fucking thing remember Lemuria? It really seems to. Really seems to. Um, <laughs> at one point, it gets frustrated <laughs> because Liana doesn't have the words it needs to express the concept. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, here's the thing. Like Bob says, this will raise more questions than answers. And honestly, I didn't have the time to go through all 33 goddamn hours of these tapes to see if there are any answers in there. I uh, imagine I will finish it at some point because it's super interesting. But like why this is super interesting to me, I, like I've made pretty clear on the show that how I feel about channeled entities and shit. Like I don't right. buy it. I I think by and large the grifters and some unfortunate souls got the Dr. Puharic special. But as we've established, there is a scientific basis for the technology of the Monroe Institute, if not the theory. Also, I trust a Bob. I've, I fucking trust Bob. From what I've read of Journeys Out of the Body, I really like what he has to say. I like his perspective. I like the cut of his jib. I think he's got the thrust of it right when it comes to exploring consciousness and different levels of reality. Now, that doesn't mean I think his cosmology is correct. That doesn't mean that his reality tunnel is my reality tunnel. But I'll make a solid bet that Bob isn't a grifter. Um, Same goes for Skip Atwater and Joe McMonagle. My reasoning? I like the cut of their jib. Literally a vibe thing. So, like, take that as you will. You know, I get the opposite sense that I got when I first looked at you-know-who and fucking you-know-who's drunk stock-swindling husband. Yeah. Uh, so having liked the cut of their jib and then being presented with something that is halfway plausible to me as a psychedelic cosmology and halfway absolutely fucking not, well, it's weird. Uh, so I pulled some timestamps of what I think are just interesting tidbits. Ooh, let's go through them. Okay, cool. So tape five. I have to like do this search for these manually because they're archive.org recordings. Uh, tape five, 16 minutes. I'm level 22. Indicated that there is a choice. What choices are available to an entity at that stage, at that level 22? Level 22 is past death. Mm. Mm -hmm. You would have before you a spectrum of choices as varied as that of the rays of the sun. Is one such choice to return again to physical matter existence in this earth level? If that is your wish. There are some beings who have to do that. What is the factor that would force a being to do this? 
If there is a mission that he has had that he has not accomplished, he must return. Is that his own decision that the mission was not accomplished, or is that decision made for him? That is all one and the same. Hmm. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> all right, moving on a little bit. The answer to your question is yes. I can help you with that at another time. Thank you so much. Uh, is there any means by which we can identify you? Can we give you a name, a number, so that we know that we can use some point of identification before you go? The energy that can best describe me is Miranon. Miranon. Very good. This is much what we need, the means to call for you. So, moving on into the next session. And Bob does uh, put an example of what the subject's voice sounds like in normal talking to show the contrast between hypnotic voice and normal talking. I know, yeah, no, it's a very different... Yeah. Yeah. Weird cosmology, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with, like, the whole... I was once a part of Liana, right? <laughs> yeah. Aspects of self. But and yet when she says that, I get an impression that this being is talking like from the future, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's her. Yeah. After death. Yeah, I think it's her like long after death. Yeah. Fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, the Monroe suit's a fucking vibe, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a monho. Yeah, dude. I love this <laughs> shit so much. Uh, it's just it's just so fucking good. I can't wait to run my Delta Green campaign. <laughs> yes. I keep minimizing the fucking window. Okay. I'm just so high on high on me right now. <laughs> Perhaps it is important for her to know one experience for my previous life. Referring to Liana. So that she can hmm begin to understand. Very well. When she lived with me in Laboria, God she damn developed it. very strong talents. She could think of a person and they would do whatever it was she wanted them to do. Where <laughs> um. they would be however <laughs> she wanted them to be. She used this with a small child. The child was ill, and she willed the child to be well. The child became well, and she shared with the child what she had done. Then the child used her thoughts to bring great harm upon Liana. At that point, a separation occurred between Liana and me because Liana then willed harm upon that child and the child died. The fuck? 
Um. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like I said, I ain't got no answers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He then goes on to say that Liana has to be careful about what she thinks because it can hurt people. That's true. You should I, be careful. Hey, man. Listen, someone with OCD, that's a very dangerous thing to tell someone. Yeah, you don't have to take it so literally. <laughs> some of us don't have a choice. Yeah. Here's some shit about Lemuria. In your time span, Lemuria existed about 12,000 years ago. It was located on your Earth. The people were very advanced. It's the Lemuria shit. It's just the Lemuria shit. We don't need to listen to it because it's literally just the Lemuria shit. It's that exact story, right? Well, how about that? Which is interesting to me. It suggests that whatever this voice is, because we know the Lemuria thing isn't real, right? Mm-hmm. Like we fucking do. Come on. We got to get past that because it's still interesting because it might mean that this thing is relying on Liana's worldview as someone who spends time in the Monroe Institute, she probably read some weird books, right? Yeah. It might be just relying on Liana's memory, or it might be a term for something else. That's kind of what I was thinking. Me too. It's a, it, it means the idea of Lemuria. Right. But that might not be the supposed theorized continent of Lemuria where the lemurs were. Yeah, not like a literal place, but right. like- An idea. Yeah. Uh, the halcyon days of yore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe fucking Mars. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Apparently, the Lemurians when they escaped went to Venus where they live as non-physical energy beings. Good for them. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Which is odd. Again, it's odd. It's a cosmology that kind of fits with that makes certain things click into place. Yeah. I don't particularly like. Yeah. Mm. So Next on tape six, the cosmology gets even fucking weirder. Even weirder. Imagine that. Oh, boy. However, more comprehensible, I think. It, it, well, comprehensible is not the right. Easier to swallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hello, and this is Robert Monroe again with another edition of the Explorer Tapes. <laughs> this is a composite of several important meetings with our friend Miranon, courtesy of SHE. Her name's Liana. We believe we, it to be one of the most head. interesting descriptions of total reality we have yet encountered. It begins with S-H-E and Focus 12. Actually, I'm going to skip. So what happens is she is like talking to Bob and then at a certain point Miranon comes through and we're going to pick up right when Miranon comes through. Okay. But it is interesting. I recommend, you know, just an in interest of time. We got to skip around. But all this, this whole fucking thing is so interesting. She starts talking about becoming the blue light and shit. When SAG arrived the following week for the next session, she presented me with a diagram, a chart, as it were, of the 21 levels of physical matter existence here on this physical earth. She didn't exactly say how she got this, except to say that it came to her. Also, she indicated that it was for me. 
and in the following session, you can see what happened. Without much ado, our friend Miranon returned. I, I understand that Liana has given you a diagram of the levels. Yes. And before I talk about specific levels, I think you need to know an overall pattern on the levels. And that is what I would like to talk with you today, unless you have some other questions. There are many levels. As I have said to you, I am on level 46. All of the levels are related to the number 7. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The first level is always a pulsing level. It is the beat of life, of the impulse of being. It is the the flowing quality, as we have talked about earlier. Skipping ahead. And it, it, again, this like really won't make much sense, but I got to do the best I can with what I got. <laughs> yes. The fourth level of the seven is the one that both Liana and I are on, and it is one reason we can have contact with each other. It is the vertical plane. It is the beginning of the ascension. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and descension. Oh, this right. plane can either ascend or well, descend. And therefore, we can meet. The color for this plane is a rose color. It is a plane that brings greater unity through all the planes. The primary quality of this plane is what you call love. Aww. <laughs> Aww, adorable. Primarily a descending level. You become more acutely aware of the realities of the levels beneath you. The levels beneath you is not the right word. I do not know the right word. It does not come. The space is very difficult to describe because the levels are not in space as you know it. But for lack of a better word, beneath will have to do. It is primarily a level that gives you an understanding, like the rain. The rain would be on the fifth level. What? (laughs) And as it falls, it understands, it has an awareness of the reality that it is entering. It is a different reality from the reality of which it has been a part. The sixth level is primarily an ascending reality. It allows you to have greater understanding of the levels yet to be attained. That is the sixth plane. The seventh plane is the full circle at which you understand and have a complete awareness of all that is in your plane of reality, a complete and total understanding, not only of yourself, but of all the levels that you touch. If you will notice, the seventh level touches or crosses every other level of existence. It has the harmonizing influence. It is the level 
that unites everything within the level. And it also has the ability to cross into other levels. Since the light is pulsing, since the light radiates, it touches all the levels, the levels above it. Again, space is not right, but the levels above it, below it, on top of it, and behind it, for lack of better analogies. Almost sounds like Kether, or like... Yeah. But then... Huh? What if there's more? And this is when it's... When I went like, oh, fuck, like this is something to actually look at because normally when a channeled entity a channeled entity will tell you about heaven they'll tell you about like you know ascending to the perfect plane right Mm -hmm. that's not what fucking miranon says yeah we are talking about consciousness reaches level 28 the bridge is crossed and from that point on for for that consciousness. Also, there's like consciousness levels and then levels of reality that are different things. Again, it's just the fucked up language thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like the os- and everything else. There's, lever- there's levels and then there's levels to the yeah. levels and then there's realms within realms. Essentially, there's seven, let's call them realms mm-hmm. or levels or whatever the fuck. Focus levels and then reality levels, whatever. Yeah. To evolve higher, it would not, again, assume human form of any kind. Not even as a learning experience. I will never incarnate again as a human. As another form of life, yes, but not as a human. The words are very hard because your plane of existence is not the same. Perhaps I can explain it by asking you to image seven levels, seven of the circles, which would give you the 49 levels. The first three levels are physical matter, as you know physical matter. They are your plants, your animals, your humans. The fourth circle is your bridge, is your realm, your center for that overall plane. It is the time in which a consciousness can choose whether to go back into the lower levels or to transcend into the higher levels. And many consciousnesses do choose to go back into the lower levels in physical form. The upper three circles are the realm that in your consciousness is called the spiritual realm. Once I reach level 49, which I will, I then leave all of this realm of existence. It does not mean I have reached the highest point by any means. It simply means I have left this group of seven, this overall group of seven. Imagine, if you will, the seven circles enclosed in an even larger circle upon which seven more circles are stacked which is in turn enclosed in an even greater circle. And then you can have some idea of what infinity is. It does not ever stop. Right. That's... Mm. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. It kind of terrifies me a bit. Mm. Right? Yeah. Because I think, I think there's a core of that that is real. Yeah. That is true. 
beyond the theosophical language, beyond mm-hmm. the New Age language. It's hitting on some some it, things it, there. It's that... hitting on the whole turtles all the way down thing. Yeah. Right? The psychedelic experience, the the oh fuck kind of experience, right? Uh-huh. I've got a couple more clips left. Again, I will trim this the fat in post. I know this is difficult. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, I forget. You love this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Forget I'm not like trying to explain something to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I can offer you guidance in giving you insight as to what will happen or in giving you guidance as to what can be done with individual people. But I cannot tell you, I am not allowed to tell you exactly what will occur. That is hard to explain. There, on my plane, there is no restriction from, you have in your, in your world a concept of authority, of people who have the, the power over other people, am I correct? Yes, unfortunately, unfortunately we do. No, here, We understand that each person within himself knows what can be done, what is wise to be done. And when I say that I am not allowed to tell you, it is my own self that does not allow it to happen. It is, you must tear the veil for yourself. Hell yeah. I can show you the corner of the veil and I can help you lift it. But I cannot tear it open for you. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, dude. (laughs) And kind of as I've stated, that is my criteria for whether or not I fuck with something. Yeah. 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 Yep. So that's some shit. That's some fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wow. Very interesting. I've never heard that aspect. Right. The whole Miranon thing. I heard it I- mentioned in passing, and now I know why they gave it a lake, you know? Yeah. And like, so Miranon is not like other channeled entities, right? It's confused. It's distracted. It doesn't have all the answers. It fully admits to not having all the answers and expresses frustration at not having a human who has the right language. And like, compare this to, I am raw, you right. know? Um, oh, that was a bonus episode that we talked about. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now we know, like, as we said earlier, we know Lemuria is, you know, you all fucking know. It's silly. However. Right. What if Lemuria is the word that Liana has for a concept because of her new agey beliefs? It's it's a metaphor. Mm-hmm. That's the best Miranon has. Now, Miranon may very well probably be an aspect of Liana's own mind, maybe from far in the future. Mm-hmm. But it seems pretty damn clear this is not staged in any way. And like Bob says, it raises more questions than answers. So there's things I didn't get to talk about today. I'm not even worried about it. The Monroe Institute, I think, is going to show up again. Uh, one thing I do want to mention is that like the Monroe Institute and Monroe Products, uh, the people who make and sell the Hemisync tapes, they're two entirely separate organizations now. And I don't want oh. it to be like, yeah. So I don't want it to be like, oh, I'm advertising for them. Like, I'm not. There's like a bunch of Hemisync. I think a lot of it is a cash grab on on. The Hemisync said, like, I don't think they're all necessary, right? Like, I don't, I, I, I think that in the wake of Bob's death, they have sort of 
it's become something other than what it once was. You know, yeah. I think there are definitely parapsychological research researchers and shit going on at uh, at the Monroe Institute. We probably won't know what they're getting up to. Interesting thing is the Monroe Institute is partnered with a fucking parapsychology department at the University of Virginia. Mm. Yeah. And like that just surprises the hell out of me that there are parapsychology departments at public universities. Uh, this one I looked it up. They, it was it's funded by a private grant. Right. So like some rich dude did say, like, take my money and fucking look at psychic shit. And that's why it's there. That's awesome. Right. I love that. Yeah, like, you too. gotta have it. Yeah, fuck yeah. And they're, like, looking for volunteers who can do weird shit consistently and are looking at, like, not just, like, remote viewing and telepathy and shit, uh, but full-on telekinesis is, seems to be one of the big things they're studying. Wow. I'd like to do an episode on telekinesis one day because it seems pretty goddamn out there and, like, you know, like, of course you can't do that. Yeah. Right? That's my reaction, but, like... Um, but what if you can? You'd think that for something that apparent, it would go away if it was as bullshit as claimed and, like... It hasn't gone away. Yeah. So I don't know. Worth looking at maybe. Yeah. Man, I got no points to make about all this shit. I got no points other than- Yeah, it just is. It's fucking weird. Yeah, it's some fucking weird shit. And it's like- the four of pentacles? Yeah. I mean, it's an institute. It is. Right? It's an institute. And I think also like the four of pentacles, four of discs. In the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, it's a dude is a king sitting on a throne hoarding his- Hoarding his fucking discs, his money. Yep. And it's like, well, do you actually have any power from that position? Yeah. Right? And I think that that can refer to the type of like idiosyncratic language that's kind of alienating that when you look at the neurons too, you're like, look at these fucking hippies. These, look at these goofy fuckers. Yeah. With their headphones and their weird beds and their acronyms and shit. Right. And it's like, at a certain point, it goes beyond charming Bob Monroe shit to like, this is fucking goofy. Yeah. Right. And it is. Monroe Institute's goofy as hell. Like, it's fucking goofy. But that could be an aspect of the Four of Pentacles, so closed off that it doesn't have any ability to affect change. Yep. Outside. Also, there's a motherfucker in headphones. Is <laughs> yeah. the Four of Discs, right? It's... Like, journeys inside your own head uh-huh. that are necessarily predicated on your own language, your own way of expressing yourself, your yeah. own idiosyncratic language patterns and shit. What do you think? I think you're pretty spot on. Nah, I can't be. Yeah, I don't really have many thoughts. Word. <laughs> We're hungover today, by the way. Yeah, I'm just a hungover blank slate today. And also, I just threw a bunch of really weird shit at you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot to digest. It is, isn't it? I'll, I'll syncretize like my thoughts and feelings on it. Yeah, we can talk about it in a bonus episode or yeah. something. But yeah, my own suit's still up cooler and weirder than i think most people give it credit for it's also not the thing that you'll think it is when you look at the cia document thing that gets passed around yeah yeah what a thing just down there in virginia doing weird shit talking to miranon looking at mars fucking a sound is cool (laughs) i think as a musician i just fucking love that aspect you know i think that's why i fuck with it so hard Uh uh-huh yeah it's just wait sound can do that the power of sound power of sound oh yeah yeah all right. Well, I think that's it. Guys. We're on the things. We're on the things. If you like what you hear and you want to support the show, you can join our Patreon. For only $5 a month, you get access to our bonus series, The Corkboard Bazaar, and you can join our brand new Discord. And it's a lot of fun. Yes, it's brand spanking new. It is brand spanking new. <laughs> and it is a lot of fun. You were skeptical about the Discord thing at I, first. Honestly, I was. I was like, I'm not doing it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can make one, but I'm not going to be in it. And here I am posting in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and enjoying it even. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's it's honestly my favorite social media platform because 
Well, it's public's cool not looking at because me. I'm always finding links to weird shit and now I can plop them someplace. Yeah, exactly. Where, you have captive where, audience. Where people are likely to look at the weird links that I found. Yeah. You know, you're trapped. Follow us on the things. <laughs> the Give th- us the reviews. Give us the stars. Give us all the stars. Pretty please. Yeah. And thank you guys again for listening. Hope 2023 is going well for you. And we'll Take see you again care. next week. Take care. We Peace. love you.